Hi there, and welcome back to Building Better Basketball. I'm Neil Gray, Community Coach and Volunteer Development Manager for Basketball Australia. I'm really pleased today to welcome along JP Nairburn for today's episode. I've taken this intro from JP's website, and you'll understand why when I'm finished, because he has done so much in basketball, coaching, and life. JP played basketball at the University of South Carolina, where he won an NIT championship in Madison Square Garden in 2006. After playing in college, he moved to Ireland, where he got a teaching degree in physical education and sports science. He's coached for over 12 years in Ireland, Lithuania, Tennessee, and Pennsylvania. In a nutshell, he's coached a lot of basketball. By being thrown into head coaching positions at nearly every level imaginable, including professional, collegiate, and high school, he's gained an incredible level of experience, the best of which, in his words, being the many experiences he has had with failure. In 2017, he initially started Thrive On Challenge as a blog. It grew into a sports consulting business in 2017. He served coaches, athletes, and parents across the world at every level and in every sport you can name. Regardless of their sport, level, or country, JP knows that all coaches need support. JP, that's just a snapshot of your background and journey so far, and I haven't even touched on your new book, which we'll talk about extensively during our chat. Welcome to Building Better Basketball, and I can't wait for this chat. Yeah, no, it's great to connect with you morning, my time, evening, your time. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the conversation. JPI kind of gave an overview there of your coaching journey, but can you maybe just expand on that a little bit and tell us how it led to the books and the podcasts and, and all the great content that you're putting out for coaches now? Yeah, well, like a lot of coaches out there, I think that I've experienced teams, you know, I've coached teams where the culture was really good. Um, and I've had some teams where it was okay. And then uh, I went through a string of years where it wasn't great. It was pretty poor. And um, that kind of experience of str struggling to build culture, um, you know, and I was into the tactical, the X's and O's, the teaching, the pedagogical, the games-based approach. And I was all into those type of things to improve as a coach. I realized if the culture stunk, I never would have the impact or influence that I wanted to have. And my team would never perform at the level I knew it could perform at. So I dove all in on this and just started to study and read every book I could get my hand on when it came to leadership, culture, human behavior, how to change that, how to drive that motivation, everything you can think of. As I started reading and I started to reflect on my coaching and make changes, I also sought out a mentor, uh, a guy named Jamie Gilbert, who worked with me on my coaching. And, um, and in all that process, I started to write that blog, like you, know, you mentioned there in the intro. So um, the blog led to a podcast. The podcast led to coaches actually wanting to talk to me. And now I enter into these relationships with coaches that are just phenomenal, where you know, essentially they just open up their team and they open up themselves. And we just kind of, you know, it's a bit of coaching the coaches, but it's also a bit of uh, finding other ways to support them, um, not necessarily coach them on their coaching, but, you know, kind of walking the journey with them because as many coaches know, it can be lonely. There's times of self-doubt. Uh, we struggle with other things, not just externally, like parents or player attitudes or lack of buy-in, but we struggle uh, internally. Um, JP, the 
book that has just come out and I was lucky enough to to get a copy through Amazon very quickly and get it delivered and like I said to you before we started I couldn't put it down and hammered through it in, in four um, raids is the the book's called The Culture System, A Proven Process for Creating an Extraordinary Team Culture. No one could predict from the front cover how much fantastic basketball tidbits are through that book, JP. So anyone that's listening, I highly encourage you to pick up a copy. There's a great section in the book for me on, on core values and an incredible story about John Wooden. But I don't, I don't want you to spoil it if you don't want to, because I think readers will get so much out of that section alone. Can you touch a little bit on core values and, and why throughout the book, because there's more than one time, John Wooden had such a effect on your coaching philosophies? You know, it's, it's actually interesting because when it comes to um, mission statements, vision statements, you know, core values, I mean, all these type of things can easily become cliche. And I really wrote this book and I didn't want anything to ever feel cliche. And I wanted to walk coaches through or first off in part one, an internal process of reflection and growth. And then in parts two through four, you know, a real systematic way to actually build the team's culture. The thing about John Wooden, that's, that's so important that, you know, I read so many of his books. I've read every book that he's ever, ever written and books that have been written about him. And I, early on in coaching, when I was in Ireland, I read, a, I was reading a lot of Wooden and I was trying to become the next John Wooden, you know, um, the problem with that is I wasn't trying to just become the best JP, right? That was a bit of a problem in itself, but man, I really did a crappy job of applying all of the things that he writes about and talks about. And I had that moment in my own coaching where, you know, I had the Wooden posters up and like in my office and you know, we hand out the pyramid of success each year and I would use his maxim and his quotes. Um, but I forgot the most important one, which is, you know, he, he would always say uh, pyramids of success, definitions, you know, these vision statements, all these missions, they're all meaningless. Um, if the behaviors of the coach um, do not reflect them, right? Like they, they need to be very evident in our own coaching behaviors. And that was a, that moment of awareness was a, was a pivotal moment in my coaching journey where I realized the, the number one reason I didn't have a great culture was because I wasn't a great leader simply there. And so the whole process had to start with me uh, going a little bit on that journey of, of, of personal growth. So we were talking before we started as well about how we had listening to this podcast, such a wide range of coaches from our high performance coaches right down to our community coaches. And the one thing that doesn't change no matter what level you're coaching at is everyone is, is time poor. And I've heard, read so many books, similar to yourself, where people have written coaching books and they've used the word time poor or, um, really like stretched or stressed or something like that and it it's been it's always had a almost negative connotation to it one of the sections that in one of the terms that you used in the book through one of the sections was you talked about coaches being busy so like 
that I that really resonated with me, like actually referring to everything that a coach does as being busy, because for the coach in that moment, that's what a worthwhile thing for them in, in their mind. They think what they're doing is is going to make an objective difference to performance outcome, something like that. And busy is such a simple word, but a common one we could use when talking about coaching at all levels, even more so at community. What are some of the methods you've used to manage that busyness level, to make it efficient and make it so the, the, the culture isn't affected by an overly busy coach? Mm. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you bring that up because this is one of the core issues that the book actually tries to address. And it's something that I've had to address really the last six years in, in my consulting work with coaches. You know, there's obviously a, a fairly large financial investment or there's a financial investment um, from these coaches to have a consultant, to have a mentor, to have someone to coach them. But I'd say, especially for my high-performance coaches or the coaches at higher levels, um, th that being said, even the, the high school coach or the youth coach that's got another job and you know they're doing coaching as, uh, as a side gig, I mean, th they have serious time constraints as well. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think the really big thing has always been the investment of time is, is, is the biggest challenge for a lot of coaches. And so I've tried to, I've had to develop things that can help coaches and that I can help them implement in a 30 minute conversation once a week, you know, and, uh, when they're on the road in the car or they're out for a walk, you know, you know, and I'd be taking notes and we would develop these kind of systems and strategies. And I've also learned that in the busy parts of the season, that's when we lose ourselves as a coach. And that's also when we stop doing the things that we need to do to continuously build our culture. Culture is not a build it, set it and leave it. You know, like you don't just go to the, do the team retreat, set your standards and off you go. It's got to be continuously nurtured um, throughout the season. And, and so it's developing those strategies that would work well and that are efficient and that don't require a lot of time. And so what I think is really relevant in the book is, is first off, you know, we try to help coaches build the disciplines in their life to be more organized um, and to be more disciplined in the things that they need to do to make sure that they show up as their best self, every practice, every game, as they show up as the person their team needs, needs that day. And that, you know, requires some reflection and some self-care. But in the other parts of the book, I think we really um, use things like simple, simple things that, um, you know, you'd be surprised about how impactful they have been like a checklist, right? And checklists are used in aviation, uh, with pilots every time they get into a plane or they use checklists in the moment of disasters when a plane's going down, right? They have to, the co-pilot actually gets out a checklist and there's a checklist of, you know, that they have to fly through quickly when there's, there's issues, you know, very often uh, they use checklists and surgeries and they've been, you know, it's been massively effective over the last, you know, 10, 15 years. They use checklists building skyscrapers, you know, checklists help us to stay consistent at the things that are most important. Um, James Clear talks about it in Atomic Habits checklists, you know, with his habit tracking. So, you know, we help design checklists, you know, and, and different plans so that coaches know, um, you know, what is next for them. And they're not having to spend a lot of um, energy figuring out what's my team, you know, need or what's the next step here in building the culture. Um, it's already kind of pre-planned out. And then they're just kind of really 
um, in some ways following the plan that they've kind of created. So they're staying consistent in things they said they needed to do to build the culture, but then they're also adaptable and they're working on these skills over time to improve how they discipline, improve how they have player conversations so that they're not just having conversations where they're telling players, but they're, they're engaging with them. They're, they're listening. They're helping to evoke change, uh, talk and motivation within them. You know, so we're, there, there's a combination of this action plans that can be tailored to any team, but there's also these skills that, you know, we hope coaches can develop, um, which just require consistent effort, you know, and, and reflection over the course of their season. But we try to lay all that out in a way that's not overwhelming to coaches for sure. I think I could ask you hundreds of questions about the book, JP. Um, the final one I'm going to talk about is another one that really got me thinking and, and not even just um, not even just in a sports sense or, or with the team. I'm sure, again, there's going to be hundreds and thousands of coaches that are listening to this who are also parents of of children, regardless of whether they're um, participating in basketball or, or not. And you really spent, um, shone a light on coach talk. And when I say coach talk, I mean, is the coach affirming uh, an activity or a response or a result, or are they praising that? And it really got me thinking about what I say and what I actually mean when I'm running a session. And also even like with my son, who's um, five and, and learning to read um, what I'm saying to him and whether I'm praising him or I'm affirming something that he's doing. I've, I've just thrown out terms like affirmation over praise there. Could you give the, the bit more of the background behind that and, and what, it, what it really means? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of coach talk where we just go out there and we just talk and we just say things. We say the thing, first thing that, pops into our head and then sometimes that works but really so much of what I try to work with coaches on is to is to coach with intentionality and to be intentional we have to have essentially we need to reflect on it's not just about what we say in the intent it's the message that they hear and it's how it makes them feel and I think so often as a coach I'd say well I was saying this and this is what I this is my intent but it doesn't matter really what the intent was. It matters what they hear on the other end. So we're trying to, when intentionality comes is we're using experience and research around communication to change the message so that it can be heard in the way that we want it to be. And so when we talk about communication over the last five years, you know, um, I've tried to help coaches on their communication, but also I try to help coaches to teach their players communication because I think a lot of times especially in basketball I know that we're like we got to talk more right we got to communicate right to our players but we don't actually teach them what effective communication is and so often in basketball I know it's like ball help deny you know like and just like they're just everybody's running around saying the same thing it's like is that what I really need or is that player over there do they really need to be reminded hey force a baseline or do, you know, do they need to be reminded to get their hands up or, or what do they struggle with? Or they need to be reminded, Hey, that's a strong shooter, right? Get out on the shooter over there. You know, like, like higher level communication, what do they need to be reminded of? You know? So what we use is we use an acronym called earn. And essentially it comes to this idea that as a coach, if you want to be heard, you have to earn the right to be heard. And earn stands for four things. First off, 
It's the first level of communication is encouragement. It's just injecting energy within a practice or within a game. It's just, it's, you know, it's pretty simple. Most people know what encouragement was, but we want people to go beyond being a cheerleader. And so there we talk about affirmation. Affirmation versus praise. Well, praise really focuses on the outcome. Great shot, you know, great job there. And gosh, how much good jobs, great jobs, good shots, all that stuff that we, we just we just throw that all around. And I think it was like Stephen Rolnick or someone like that said, it's like confetti. It just makes a mess, honestly, at the end of the day. Um, and nobody really, it doesn't really resonate. But affirmation focuses on the behavior. And so they don't even have to have the outcome. You know, hey, you know, it's just really focusing on like, you know, and, and in a moment you could be with a player, like you, I saw that you really got your feet set on that last shot. Keep it up, you know? So I'm affirming their their effort to get their feet set on the shot. Maybe that's something they struggled with. So there's affirmation and there's reminders, which, you know, what do we need to be reminded of? What do we struggle to remember? What were the success criteria that we set out for this, this drill or for this game? Like, what do we really need to do? Well, that's what we need to be communicating. If we said that they're, they're a team that runs the floor well, then our reminders need to be around, hey, we, let's remember, get back, get back, get back. Like, that's what we want to hear a lot of in that game, right? The last one is notifications. And I took that from Daniel Coyle's book, Culture Code when he talks about airplane pilots and how they in the heat of the moment where there's things going down, they really focus on what they call notifications, which are just non-judgmental observations. I see this. And I think that's, and, and Coyle talks about how great cultures use notifications, not like necessarily harsh criticism or judgment. It's just, Hey, you didn't sprint back on defense. It's not, you didn't sprint back on defense. You're being lazy out there. It's just, he didn't hustle back on defense. We need you to hustle back, you know? And so it's just trying to be more, take out the judgment. And that's within our tone and our body language, not just with what we say. So E-A-R-M, encourage, affirm, remind, notify. We try to teach that to coaches. So they use that, but we try to help coaches teach that to their players so that they can elevate their communication. How do you keep improving yourself as a coach, JP? You've talked about all the books that, you've read um do you have any obviously your book excluded do you have any recommendations of of books that have really made a difference to you that you would encourage um people to to pick up and read as well or podcasts you listen to or anything like that um i i read a lot i read about a book a week um on average. Um, and one of the biggest ones for me was inside out coaching by Joe Ehrman, as far as coaching books. Um, now I spend a lot of time actually reading stuff outside of sports, understanding human behavior, the brain, neuroscience, um, mental health has been a big focus of me, uh, for, for me, uh, as of recent, you know, and so I'm constantly reading from anything from history to, to, to science. Another book that I would recommend that I've, uh, coached or not coached, but, uh, uh, as an individual I had on my podcast, the Coaching Culture Podcast, was uh, a book written by Dr. Bruce Perry and Oprah Winfrey. It's called What Happened to You? A uh, real powerful book around, you know, the brain and understanding um, how our experiences in life impact um, impact the brain and impact us today. And so um, Dr. Bruce Perry is the world's leading trauma uh, psychologist, and it's it's been a, a really cool journey that I've gotten to go on with him and have on the podcast multiple times and, 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 and discuss and meet and learn from him around the brain and neuroscience. So 
yeah, I'm kind of jumping all over the place as far as my, my reading and my learning. Uh, so reading is a big part of that for me. But the other the other aspect is, as I, I constantly am seeking and, and even hiring um, coaching and mentoring, because I, I, I obviously believe it on my end that, that there's value in it for the coaches that I serve. But I really know that I need it. I need it from other individuals. Um, you know, it's not that once-off workshop that's so impactful. It's the fact that of coming in every week and having someone that can help me to review how I'm doing. Am I sticking with what I was committed to doing? Um, that's been, for me, um, one of the most impactful things I can do to help grow, not just as a coach, but as a leader and as an individual. One of the things that we ask everyone that comes on the podcast, JP, is a sign-off question, is if there was one question you could ask any coach of any sport, alive or dead, who would the coach be and what would the question be? Um, I'd ask every coach in the world right now, um, when you look at your team, um, what will matter? 10 years from now about this experience that you've had with them. I'd ask every coach that I asked that coach that just, just yesterday, um, who is nearing retirement and still at that moment was caught up in the fact of, you know, the team wasn't grasping the offense in this. And I said, hey, coach, like what's going to matter 10 years from now, the fact that they didn't grasp the offense in the off season training, He's like, no, I was like, exactly. Like, what's, what's going to matter 10 years from now? Go spend the day thinking about that. And uh, yeah, that's what I'd ask every coach out there. That's an awesome question. Um, any coach that's listening that um, wants to reply to that, you can uh, send us the message on, on Twitter with the answer to that question. Um, JP, thank you so much for your time. Um, I know you are up bright and early and um, seize the day so I'll, um, I know you can um, go straight into uh, actioning everything that you've talked about today and on a Friday before the weekend and um, thank you so much I love the book I'm looking forward to everyone that's listening um, enjoying the book too and um, as we said at the start anytime you are in Australia you're more than welcome to uh, jump back on the Basketball Australia podcast Thanks for having me.